0: Hi. So, in all of your episodes talking about home security, home invasion, stuff like that, you target a house. Do you have any tips for people who live in apartments or townhomes, even apartment complexes, any type of... uh, uh what's it called like bulk housing basically where you have a bunch of people crammed into a really small amount of space even like hotel room security uh things you can do like that for security at an apartment, a hotel, motel, uh townhomes whatever any type of like house group housing area kind of uh thank you and have fun you don't have to like everything we say you know Y de Yankee a de América.
1: Well, I am i am um, embarrassed to say how old that is, and I'm going to have to grovel a little bit, but we are going to take a look at things like apartments, condos, bulk housing, similar types of areas where you might live. This is very similar to a lot of like office spaces, but we're living here. What are some security things there that go beyond the home and the um, hotel, the motel, exactly what was asked. That's what we're going to look at, some of the highlights, some of the areas we need to focus on. There's a whole lot of aspects of things we cannot control, and that's what we need to look at and to understand how to work with the art of illusion. So apartment security, that's what we're going to talk about right here on Gray Man, Hiding in plain sight. So that's from John, and John, I'm sorry. I've updated my to-do list. (laughs) That's nervous laughter, people, and I don't normally have that. I've updated my to-do list. So for those who want to send voice messages, there is a link in the show notes. I'm going to be checking that at least every month. I, I probably will check it more often than that now, but at least every month. I haven't checked it in a long time, so long that I straight up do not want to tell you how old that message is. I don't think it's, for me personally, it sucks either way, missing something that old, but it was like, Oh, I had this feeling in my gut. We were like, I've been listening for a long time. And I'm just like, God, <laughs> oh, I am sorry. We're going to hear more from Johnny sent me uh, two or three others. That some are connected that I got to look into. And also they'll be coming, but I'm going to direct some of that touches towards Luke. He's got his new show that we've advertised before at informed state of mind, which is only on Spotify right now. I'm going to answer because you asked me, but I'm also going to ask him to answer it on his show. And uh, he'll have a point of view. Although he's a Canadian cop, he does know a little bit about law enforcement. He's going to have some point of view on that. I'm going to give you some point of view of my thoughts as well. But on this one, we want to focus on apartment security. Before we go, I also want to talk to another listener. I think you're on Podbean. Maybe you're not, but you're on one of the apps. We're on the app. You can leave comments on the show or on episodes. And I think it's, I swear it's Podbean off the top of my head. I read this a few days ago. In the show notes of every show is a link to my email. And links to, I think Facebook and Twitter links are still there, but definitely links to email. It says contacts or contact me. That's where you can get a hold of me. You wanted to send me something, and I think it was just the comments you were putting there on Podbean or wherever it was, which I appreciate. But for everybody you want to contact us, you can search Grayman Concepts, plural, at Grayman Concepts on Facebook and Twitter. Also, I am Shammer at protonmail.com. That's down there to take a look at. So, first thing we want to look at are. I've, I've talked before a little bit about traveling with motels and some of that stuff's going to cross over. Some of the housing stuff's going to cross over. There's, there's little aspects to it, but these types of complexes, they're basically like, they're like office complexes, except for you're there during people could be there all day long. Plus at night, and like you're living there, you know? So it's a similar, similar to like the business aspect, but you know, that's where all your good stuff is and people want to rob. And there's things you can look up online to learn about apartment security. That many of you already know, like, you know, first floor sucks, sliding glass doors are really dangerous. You, you want to focus on the stuff I talked before. You can find out about looking in, what people can see, and all that kind of stuff. But we, I want to go a little deeper beyond what you can find already and what John has listened to these other shows and I'm sure has heard some of this. I want to give you some ideas I have. I spent a lot of time living in apartments when I was in the military. And you need to know your rules, you need to know what's legal and not. But I'm going to tell you some suggestions I have and things I've done. I straight up knew it was against the rules. But I don't think they were technically, I don't think, I don't, I don't like the term technically, I don't think they were legal, but I know they were against the rules, but you need to look at that. In the United States, it, depend, it really depends on where you're at, how well they want to take care of it, what kind of people you are there, but a lot of times apartment rules are not dissimilar from um, those places. What are they in neighborhoods called? Housing, yeah, whatever those housing dudes are that make all the rules up that can be bad or can be good. Homeowners Association, that's what I'm thinking of. Sometimes they're good and sometimes they're like, it's, it's crazy. Apartments are the same way. You know, sometimes they give you the, the long list of rules when you sign in, you never see these people again, and sometimes they won't quit knocking on your door. You, that kind of thing, you have to figure out why you're there. But looking at, I know he's probably in one now, or maybe it's just a good question, but people move, people do whatever. There's a lot you want to look into before you even pick that place. One of the things to add to all your reasons for picking apartment complex are things like what existing security measures they have. Is it gated and you have gate access? You know, that's a big thing to get now to have some sort of keypad or something to have gate access to the community. Do they have security cameras and where are they? Where are they monitored from? Do they have on-site security? You know, do they have installed security systems? What do they have in addition to you calling the police? What do they want you to do if you have to call the police and make a noise complaint or make a complaint to other, and they want you to tell them or, or how do they want that to play out or what requirements do they have of you? Like find out, like they say, Oh, if you get broken, here's what you're required to do to tell us. Okay. That's great that they have that policy, but make sure that doesn't violate the law. You know, make sure you understand that also understand that they have a business interest in their facilities. And as much as they're saying, they might want to help you. And maybe they really believe that they're also going to help themselves. Kind of remember everybody's out for their own best interests. Like I've said before, another way to say self-preservation, you know, realizing these things, you need to read into these things a little bit, finding out what kind of things you can change and do. So what are things we want to look at? First thing is I'll just give you a few ideas about the apartment itself. Well, I'm never a fan of the first floor. You can't always control, and, and sometimes that's what you need. But some things to look into, whether or not it violates the rules is up to you. There was a lot of apartments I lived into where they had very common types of doorknobs and door locks on them. And in this country, in most places, they're required to contact you to gain access. And some places, states I've lived, unless it's some real, real, real serious thing, not their desire, but real serious, they couldn't gain access unless I gained permission and I was there and I could dictate what I had to be there for, which I was always there. I didn't trust anybody. And I don't. I don't trust people a lot. And it's not a trust issue. It's experience. That's just me. But I would do things like change locks. A lot of places had very comp because these are not too dissimilar from like when you do strip housing with big contractors, a lot of that stuff they don't order. They buy local. So if you're in an apartment complex, first thing I would do, what are all the like home improvement stores in your city? or like within a few miles and go see if they're selling that stuff. Cause I would just go get new locks or new deadbolts. So, because you can't, I don't, I don't trust people, but it would, it, you don't know how many keys were made, right? You, you, you move in, and they give you, oh, we're giving you two keys. Make sure you give us two keys when you move out. They don't know if you make copies of that. You're not supposed to, right? But people make copies. So what? here's what I would do. I'd take their damn lock off with the keys they gave me. That'd go in the closet, and I'd replace the locks. And usually I could find exactly what they had somewhere. When I was getting ready to move out, I just took the ones they gave me, i put them back on, and gave them back the brand-new keys. No big deal. It was up to them if they wanted to change the locks. You know, sometimes you can go so far as putting a peephole in. You know, there's, uh, there's types of film material you can put on windows that help with like UV rays, give it a little tint. That, that's going to be a little more noticeable. Of course, it depends on your blinds and what they can see, whether or not there's a reflection. You want to you find these rules out, what you can get away with, or what they'll allow. Make sure they're easily removable. But a lot of times, if they allow you to paint, as long as you paint it back to original or base color, if they allow you to do that, they typically are going to allow you to put a film at your own cost on the window. It's nice for UV rays, maybe a little tint, especially if we're in a sunny area. But that can help minimize what people can see inside, you know, without minimizing light to you. So that that's something to look into. Other things are windows, based of however they open, just like sliding glass doors. A lot of people put in like those wood uh, sticks, dowels. I would get uh, PVC pipe, you know, half inch, three quarter inch cut it to fit to where they can't even open enough. If you left it unlocked to squeeze anything in there, that they will be definitely hamper their ability to break in those ways. now most people are just going to go through the door, not pick the lock. They're going to kick it in or they're going to break a sliding glass door. But there's those types of security things can help you. There's, you know, options of, of things to look at, which does include taking a look at your place and making sure that it's not inviting. It's not telling of what's in there and and maintain your privacy. But we need to go beyond that. So another thing is, I pointed out I don't trust people, but it was for purpose on the show. Is people are too trusting. You are probably too trusting at some degree. You may even know that. So let's start with people that are there as much as you, and they are your neighbors. And this, this is going to sound contradictory, but here's a way to look at it. I don't trust them, but I want to get to know them. Right. When I live in a housing area, it's up to me whether or not I want to get to know them. But when I'm in an apartment, I get to know them. When I go to hotels or motels, actually, a lot of times I have exterior doors because I, I make sure I get FaceTime. People see me coming in and out of there. But it's I'm okay with that if I already know they're going to be there. But I want to get some FaceTime, especially when I live in an apartment, and get to know my neighbors. I want to learn a little bit about them without discovering or giving up too much about myself. I want to learn a little bit about their mannerisms. Yeah, maybe that first meeting doesn't go well and things seem questionable, but you're going to live there a while, you know, you're signed a lease, probably a year, get to know them some more, build up a little bit of trust. People will talk, people will gossip, people will talk about things they see, they'll talk about things they see with you, that's free information. And that helps us learn things like, this guy knows a lot, he's paying attention. Whether or not this guy knows a lot, maybe he's gossip. doesn't have to be a gossip to be a guy that pays attention, depends on how the conversation played out. That's a free person that's going to tell you stuff. You know, who can you trust? How do they act? How do they behave? You'll notice things like, what do you notice about your neighbors? How do they move? When do they go to A and B? Do they always follow the same path walking out of the building? Typically they do. Those are things you've learned from this show, so let's not do those, right? Or maybe we should, but we'll get to that. Now, while we get to know our neighbors and kind of get an idea what kind of people they are, they also get to know a little bit about us or if something happens magically, like, you know what, gosh, I talk to that guy all the time, but I really don't know anything about him. One of the things we want to look at for security is things we don't control that we don't think about when we have a house. When we have a house, we don't think about the mailman coming. We don't think about the Amazon guy coming or the UPS, but they're going to be there every day in apartment complex. And so how does the mailroom work? Like, they got the little post office box setups there. And then you have to go do that in front of everybody so they can see what you're doing. And then even more important, you get packages delivered. Do they drop them off at your doorstep? Cause that's a bad plan. I would never stay in a place that allows delivery to take it right to my door <laughs> unless it was pre-planned because it's a refrigerator and I have to be there. If it's Amazon, you know, grandma's $5 and a letter for my birthday. I don't want that coming to my door. That makes me question everything about security, but when they bring it to the office or central location, how are they doing it? Is it low security and they pile on the floor and you just hope everybody's honest? Or is it you got to show up and they need to know your check your ID for you to pick it up? Right? Those are the things I'd be looking at. That will tell you a lot about how securely they don't just look at the mail, which is people don't get busted for, it, but it's a federal issue, but also how they deal with privacy of their tenants. Because that's going to tell you a lot about things when people show up asking questions. It's so easy. <laughs> It is easier to apartment building go in and ask questions, get personal information on location of tenants than it is to go in an office building and find out about employees. Employees have policies, and people out of nature won't do it. When it comes to apartment building, I don't care what their policy is. It depends on the people that sit there every day. So who's there? What are their working hours? What the the way in which they treat privacy and treat the mail is going to tell you a lot about how they're going to treat other personal information and wherewithal about who's doing what and where. Because you want the people that know. You've lived there for four months and Bob next door, you guys have been hanging out at the pool and become pretty decent friends and maybe went out for drinks a few times and been hanging out. And when Bob comes to ask if you know, you know, if they know where you are, they're going to look him in the face and be like, I don't have, you know, I'm not allowed to tell you that. That's what you want. And that's going to tell you a lot about when other people show up looking for you or anybody else. That's another thing when you're in the area and people are talking or they're talking around the mailroom, listen, see what they have to say, how they behave. You're going to get more free information from your neighbors, but you're hoping that the people that work there aren't giving away information to anybody else. But that leads into understanding about what and when makes sense for delivery people of some type, especially the mail, to come to somebody's door and then take note of that because that's noticeable. Just like people moving in and out, right? Don't just trust movers. <laughs> people, people get robbed during the day in a house, but they also in apartment buildings and it'll be a mover or a fake mover. So I'm not saying you need to go interrogate these guys, but pay attention to it. You know, what kind of moving thing is it? Most people that are doing the apartment thing are doing U-Hauls on their own, but some people hire companies, but it's not that common. You know, unless you're in a place, you know, unless you're on the Upper West Side in a $5 million apartment, typically most people are in these places that cost a few hundred, a couple grand a month. They're U-Hauling it, you know, unless they're military doesn't mean there won't be movers, but most people are moving themselves. So pay attention to that thing. And, and what are the movers doing? What are they looking at? How are they behaving? Right. If you see movers, okay, I saw this all the time in the military. So I'm going to tell you this straight out. You see movers or somebody that looks like a mover that doesn't live there. That's helping somebody out. And then they're going through trash cans looking for stuff. Okay. They ain't hungry. They can't be trusted because they're looking for free stuff to get, to make their life better. That they're I guarantee you their job's not allowing them to do, or they're going to sell it on Craigslist. You might even hear them asking them, Oh, if you don't want that, can I have it? You see that, pay attention. Because those are the people are gonna that will sometimes actually start stealing. It'll just be the one guy, typically. It won't be the whole outfit. If they're professional thieves, they're not going to talk like that. But it'll just be the one guy. And then what do you do? Hey, if you want to, call and make a complaint to the company. Other things we don't have control over are regular employees other than that office person, like maintenance people, groundskeeping. We have other people like this that are some sort of blue-collar laborer that operate in the facility, and there's two types. There is always some sort of permanent on-site setup, which it's one guy or a team of people, depending on your place, that's doing groundskeeping and yard work and maintenance. Depends on the operation and what their staffing is. You can get used to seeing who those people are, realizing there's regulars and then there's, you know, people that work there seasonally or whatever. They're going to know a lot about what's going on and they should always be paid attention to just as much as you pay attention to anybody else. Not saying be suspicious of them, but be aware. You see when they're there, they can tell you certain things, you know, like, you call the, the front office typically. You're calling to make a complaint for a maintenance issue. They're going to put in a work order for the maintenance guy. Some places, smaller operations, you might call the maintenance guy directly or it might be the same person, but a lot of bigger operations. They're scheduling. So the maintenance guy comes to your house. It's later than you wanted. You're all pissed off about it. Don't be. It's not his fault. Okay. I would take advantage of the situation and say, hey, I had a question for you. Here's what I told them. Here's how long it took. My question to you is, for future things like this or other common issues, what type of information would make your life easier for me to communicate to them so that you're, you know, have a better understanding of what's going on or more prepared. And sometimes a lot of times you're going to be like, well, you are know, big, you know, they're going to have much to say, but sometimes they will, they'll have a lot to say, you know, it's like, you know, think of it like, uh, you know, it's affecting them. So like I was talking to Luke today, but one of the things we were talking about was nine, one, one phone calls. Right. So, you don't complain to the maintenance guy. You ask them for information. So if you made a 911 phone call, or let's say you just want to know how to make one, you could ask 911 people what they want, and that, that would be helpful. But it would be better to look at the first responder, like uh, say it's paramedic, and you're just like, hey, you're a paramedic. I got a question for you. It might be, you've got time to answer Yeah, sure. What is it? I'm just curious. Like if I had to ever make that phone call for a medical situation, what's the real stuff I need? What do I need to be saying? What helps you guys be more prepared? And they'll tell you straight out. So do that with your maintenance guy that builds some positive rapport, which is always a good thing. You want to look for positive rapport, especially for things you can't change. Like you can't change tenants and you can't change employees. You want positive rapport for them as much as you can. Never let people know you don't like them ever keep that to yourself, but build that positive rapport and that will make your life a little easier. But it also positive rapport gets people to start running their mouth, which is what you want. You are living in a sea of mouths that are willing to give you free information which can affect your privacy and security just like you would in a hotel, but these are permanent long-term residents. Take advantage of that situation. get that info. Another thing you can do depending on what you like to do or not like to do with this is if it doesn't exist or you just have a few people you want to do it with, you can do you know like Facebook groups or there's probably apps out there or it's something they might have already there in the system for people to communicate about the facility. Granted, it depends on how they're using it. Are they doing an, a listing for garage sales on the facility and people selling stuff? Well, that's awesome. That'd be make life easier. But you're doing a thing about suspicious activity. Are people on there just being Karens? Or are they being like racists? Or are they being jerks about it? Or are people actually trying to use that together? So it depends on how they're using it to see if you even want to be on board with it. But those things can be helpful. Now, while those group chats are awesome and curtains and great, one of the things you want to have is solid render insurance while it is unlikely here's what you want to assume when you're renting in your apartment building your place will be broken into it's more likely than a house in a lot of places of course you can find this information out from local law enforcement and ask them you know questions and ideas assume it's going to be broken into and you want to want to look at some options here one is a safe just make sure like i've said before In an apartment, you probably don't have the option to physically secure to the floor, so if you're getting a safe, you want something they can't physically move. Your other option is to have an additional storage facility, not the one on site, a paid rental facility that you can use, some of which have indoor climate-controlled stuff, where you can keep valuables if you feel safe doing that or other items, depending on what you want to do to minimize what's there at the house. The other option is security features that are available at certain types of clubs and organizations for related equipment, so lockers, essentially, some gyms allow people to have lockers to keep their stuff in. I know people that, like when I was in Arizona, belonged to members of gun ranges, and gun ranges had lockers, and they keep a lot of their firearms there because they lived in apartment buildings. So you want to look at things like that and consider, is there a place that I can store other stuff that would be safe? Do I have a friend I could keep things with if I don't want to keep them there? I'm not saying you need to be freaking out or scared about this. Just, it's the reality of the situation. These are options to look into consider. Another thing to look into is an alarm system or security system or security cameras. This is one that becomes real iffy with people depending on their rules. Even if the rules aren't against it, they just start thinking about drilling holes and wiring and they don't want any of that. Well, I mean, the fake camera thing can work if you could put it up above your door and just tell them, you know, I wouldn't tell them it's a fake camera. I just put it up there until I complain, but people will see that. They'll be like, oh, that's a camera. Because when they see it, even if they go to rip it off, if it was real, most people won't do that. What they'll think is, I've already been seen, so I walk away. It's more of a deterrent. But there's security systems you can put inside the apartment. There's all kinds of nifty gadgets you can now, like, you know a lot of phones, they come with the little plug-in for your wall to put your USB-C cord in and the little plug-in square portion like for the iPhones or, you know, what are they, inch and a half square. You can buy things like that off the Internet that look exactly like that They can sit in your socket, but what's really in there is a USB card and it runs video surveillance and records pretty good video that you could place that in a way where you could see the door or the sliding glass door and just let it run and then just check it every once in a while. You check it every day if you want just to see because even though it didn't get broke into, it didn't mean somebody didn't come by and start lurking and looking in that and looking around. Because you have that video, now you get a valuable police report that could be helpful. It could save a lot of people some issues. You know, if you have something like that and you're like, that's something I don't want to happen that looks bad, you can report at the front office if they want. But, you know, I'd send that to the police. But there's a lot of gadgets out there like that. You don't have to have some big obvious camera. Security systems are great too. Two things about security systems. One, most likely they're not going to allow you to stall it. Second, they're probably going to have volume, which is going to lead into third, pissing your neighbors off. So you want to find out what they what they have for that, what you're allowed to do. But there's always silent systems like that you can look at. There's but there's a lot of these little knickknacks and stuff you can look into that have camera capability. A big part of this, things outside of control, is we're looking for things we take for granted in a house. You know, I don't care if you're ordering Amazon all the time. Deliveries are coming far more often in the apartment complex than they ever will to the big busiest house ordering Amazon products. You know, there's just going to be more of them. You. Hardly anybody hires anybody to do anything except for a kid to mow their lawn, but there'll be people there working every day doing maintenance or something. So there's a lot of those guys around. The other thing too is how many people walk in your front yard when you have a house, unless they're knocking on your door to sell candy for the baseball team or or trying to to sell a religion to you. We typically don't see that a lot. We might see somebody walking down the street, but people are literally walking across your front porch all the time. Whether it's interior, exterior doors, wherever they're at and however it is, people are walking astonishingly close That in a house would be completely unacceptable and uncomfortable, but we take it for granted, don't. It's normal, pay attention to it, but we take for granted the idea that that's just how it is here. That's part of the reason what makes it easier for people to sneak in and do things. But you also need to consider attacks. Well, obviously, we don't want to be in a high crime area. There's still things that can happen, even injuries. So what kind of lighting do they have? Do they have lighting out there around the building? How well can you see at night? How well can you see in the parking lot? How well is, you know, light over the swimming pool in public areas? Where could people hide and lurk around if they wanted to? And what are they doing? I mean, obviously, you know where you live. You know what the probability is if that's, you know, something really, really bad. Most people aren't going to be living in these terrible places. Might just be kids hanging out, making out or something. But you want to be aware of those things and pay attention to them. Things so that you know, like, I don't want to walk here because there's not a lot of light because I wear high heels home from work and I don't want to stumble and fall. You know, or I don't want to walk this way because when I come home, I've got my five year old and cars come down here and five year olds are fast and there's not a lot of light and I just don't want to run that risk. There's a lot of reasons to look at these things beyond the idea of an attack, but it can happen and say, you know, this is what what we want. And you can communicate, hey, I think we need some more light here. But that's something to be aware of because. When there's more physical light, there tends to be less criminal activity, at least that you hear about. People will tend to, if they're doing anything, which is always going to happen, they'll be doing it behind closed doors. But the higher security measures, the more light we have, the nicer the area. Of course, you can find out about your area there. We tend to have less stuff. So we want to look for a lot of these things we don't think about in the house. And a lot of exterior lighting is one of them. Something else to look at is your renter's insurance. I'm astonished at how many people don't have homeowner's insurance because they're not required in some situations. But renter's insurance, and some people treat renter's insurance like they treat car insurance, which is to keep it the bare minimum to save money. You need to really make sure you understand how your renter's insurance works and especially pay the extra money, I would say, for things like electronics. I've had that for renter's insurance, so I've, I've had iPreds break or knock off the counter where I straight up told them what would happen and we just took it in and got it looked at, and I got the money to replace it. Good renter insurance is a great thing, but here's the things. Major maintenance problems like flooding from the floor above you is far more common than it ever is in a home. I mean, there's major maintenance things that can become disasters for not only that apartment, other people are f- way more common than you'll ever see in a single-family residence. It just happens all the time, so you need to be aware of that. The other thing, too, is... It can help you with things like the break-in situation, depending on what that is. And that's why when you get that insurance, you want to have an understanding of what the rules are with that insurance company because people too often think just having insurance means you're going to get paid. No. What are their requirements? Because if they have basic security requirements that are completely reasonable, but you can't have them because of your apartment complex or you just can't make them happen, that insurance is nothing. It's no good. So you want to have a clear understanding of that insurance and what it does for you and how to use it and how you need to make a claim because it's more likely going to be the disaster situation of, you know, the flood are very common, broken pipes or something like that, or something that they don't do maintenance on in a home you would do quickly that made matters get worse. Or you want to do an insurance claim because you had all this food for Thanksgiving dinner and the fridge broke and then they didn't fix it in a timely manner. But you want to understand where those things are and get them. But that's where you want to understand, too, landlord-tenant laws are part of your security. What are the laws of your state for landlord-tenant? And make sure when you read them, you understand what they are because there's several versions of them. There's you as a tenant, and like when I was in Arizona, there's tenant for apartments versus tenants for a house versus house written for what your responsibilities are, and you want to make sure that you understand those because they're not the same across the board. And you want to know what are the major appliance rules because most states have them. Oh, uh, you know, major appliance is what they're considered. They have 72 hours to fix it. Here's how you deal with that if they don't. So that when the fridge goes out and then you don't do, deal with it correctly, even though they're wrong and they're too late, then you try to make that insurance claim, and then it doesn't work out. And that's something—I mean, you can call it security, whatever. This added feature, you need to understand those rules. So you can—you need to have a clear understanding of the rules for the facility, rules for your insurance, so that you can mix those things together, make sure you understand how they work, and then rules for how you claim that insurance to make sure these things don't contradict each other, and that you can have that type of security. And what you're dealing with. So when a problem arises, it can be dealt with. But another thing we want to move into is an illusion. You can call it an illusion of security. It's far more important in most apartment complexes to give the illusion that you're home at the right times. And of course, timers can do that. But it depends on how they bill your electrics and what you want to do. But one of the things to think about here. Depending on the amount of movement, size of your facility, its location, how long you've been there, level of trust you've developed or decided to have, how much movement activity based on time of year and weather and everyday stuff. what You probably got a somewhat of a feeling about this, or you're going you're to start seriously taking a look at it. Another thing we can look at, I've talked about this way back in the beginning, about kind of these false trails, false patterns of life. It's similar to what we do when we do a surveillance detection route. Part of A surveillance detection route, I mean, it's a route where everything we're doing looks like normal everyday stuff. This is a completely normal thing that I'm doing, but secretly on the side, I'm trying to do surveillance detection to see if I'm being followed, but everything I'm doing shouldn't stand out because it looks like normal everyday stuff. Part of the reasons why I'd be going here and doing this ABC. So we can make decisions about when we want to maintain patterns because some patterns of life are meant to hide our movements. Part of what we talk about in the entire gray man concept, right? These The basic idea was these guys were living and operating in the gray, right? So... It's more than just what I say, by the way, I probably should do a show on this part of it's the gray of the law. (laughs) I mean, it's like the law it's black and white bending the rules a little bit. There's a whole description there of it, but also this idea of just like surveillance detection, where I have this life, I live it this way, I have this job, but secretly I'm a spy doing A, B and C at this location. There are things you can do for your security that you might need to do. You know, you might need to have a good reason to set a pattern. So you, you have to choose, are you really got the time and energy and geography to do forced attempts at randomness for everything you're doing, right? I, and you very well may, I'm not phrasing it that way to say you don't, but you very well may, and then and you can do that and plan it. The other thing is, are there things I can do I can choose to set patterns on just to see what they're doing? So for example, maybe you set a pattern and when you take the trash out, you follow this specific path. And then a lot of times you come back this long and you've established a pattern, how long you're going to be gone. Then all you got to do is you could say, I'll do the first half. I go out this way and drop the trash off. But now I start coming back this other way. You know, or maybe you have a dog and you take your dog out to walk every time you have a trash. Okay, that's fine. So that sets that pattern. It's just every time you do that, don't take the dog out. Take the dog with you, but bring the dog right back. So figure out what parts of a pattern you want to keep and where you want to break it up. There's a lot of ways to do this and things to look at, but you're going to set patterns. You're going to realize too what patterns you need to decide you may want to keep or change because of, We've got to learn all of our neighbors. We find the people out there paying attention to what they're telling us. What we're learning is what they're seeing and paying attention to is there consistency among people or consistency with this person. Like everybody seems to know when everybody takes the trash out, but nobody seems to know when everybody goes to work. And that seems weird to me, but I know that that's the standard here. Now those are things we can look at what people notice can tell you a lot about them too. Like what matters to them, what's paying, what they're paying attention to can tell you when they're up and about and what they're doing. They'll typically tell you where they are and where they saw it from. So that can tell you a lot about what they're doing at the time. Oh, this person always sees this stuff in the morning, but it's only because they're out walking. And I could tell you a lot about them when they can't tell you something one day. Maybe they didn't walk that way or they didn't take a walk that day. You don't have to ask them. You just realize there's a possibility. Or, yeah, when I'm up here drinking coffee, I always see this and blah, 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 blah. You know, they don't realize what they're telling you is useful about where they're at at those times. But you can get and understand a lot of those things to figure out how to use that to your own benefit, but to realize what people see and why. You actually can find out if you really want to put the time and energy, you can find out that with enough information that doesn't take that long to get that you could very casually and openly walk from point A to point B and never be seen because you know where everybody's looking and at what time based on their behaviors. The point is all these people that are observing this stuff and giving you free information are doubling down because they're telling you everything about themselves too, you know, without you asking. Right? This is like a no effort game. Put a little effort to you get a lot more. So you have to decide what things you want to do there. You know. There's an illusion of security, like an illusion of cleanliness, you know, like uh, if you're not aware of this, people are coming over, you need to clean, maybe you keep your house very, very lived in, but you want to want to clean. There's things you always clean, like, you know, you get your bathrooms first and make sure they're super clean. You try to clean up the kitchen as much as you can, but you put everything in the sink, they're just not washed yet. You pick up around the house and you pull the vacuum out, even if you haven't got to vacuum then you can always say you were just in the middle of getting ready to do it or whatever. They see people don't think about the fact, but the subconsciously the bathroom's clean, like really clean, normal stuff's picked up. They were just going to vacuum the floor and the kitchen's generally clean. There's just dishes in the sink and they clearly didn't have time to do it. It gives this illusion of the level of cleanliness in your house that people subconsciously take for granted without questioning. That isn't even real. You can apply that principle to things you do if you so choose. You can also then go even farther if you want to and try to figure out are people doing that? Too are other people doing that don't assume people aren't don't assume that uh you're the only guy doing it don't assume don't that could be a whole another fun game just to figure it out goes back to that question and something i've i think i mentioned in the past but i don't think people realize i i, I don't know if i could put a number on it i, I would definitely say it's in the tens of millions though <laughs> tens of millions of americans Have one time or another been around a spy and had no idea. You know, I've, I know plenty of people worked in that world, still work in the world and have thought about that. I bet nobody around here is thinking this right now and I'm right here. So don't make assumptions about what other people are doing, right? Think of it no different than doing the research or gaining the Intel or, or assessing the value of information or when we're reading these news sources, whatever doing, it's all the same thing. It's the same principle anyway. We're evaluating the info. evaluating our sources. We're not making grand assumptions based on anything about how people behave and how they look. Figure out why. Remember the why's, the purpose. This guy does this, acts this way, looks all shifty. It seemed like a bad thing. I don't trust him. Really? Is that the thing or is there a purpose and reason why he behaves that way? You know, think about things like you're having this conversation, you're at the apartment complex, what day of week is, what time of day it is, how old is this person? Does it make sense that they'd be there? Is there something about the reason they're there that would affect their behavior right now and especially because you're new? Right? Don't make assumptions. Don't make any assumptions, make logical deductions and a plan to go from there about how you live and operate throughout your daily life when you're living in these facilities. And remember that while I I compared them to offices and office buildings, it's so much easier to get information on people and to get into the rooms, basically the apartments in a complex like that than it is to get past a receptionist at a business or get information on an employee or get into their office. While that's not difficult, it is far more difficult than it is to do any of those in apartment complexes because of what people take for granted in their housing situation. This normalcy bias is the biggest, strongest thing that exists in these types of facilities. And that's what you need to think about. What is normal? What's the baseline? What are people's other, what are baselines to other people? What biases they have? What is everybody accepting as normal? And those are the red flags of the thing you need to watch out for to see changes or to see if their assumptions are even correct. Don't go along with them. Find out for yourself. It's no different than watching the news. Are you going to let the news tell you what to think about things and rile you up, or are you going to go find your own information? Because if you're still listening to the show at this point, you're probably doing a lot more finding your own information. Do it at the Department of Conflicts too. Let them talk to you, right, but sift through it on your own. Don't just take Bob the neighbor weirdo's guy's story for it on why this is and that is and what people think. Just accept the fact that you know what he thinks, maybe even know why he thinks it, But still go make your own decisions get the information on your own. At least that's my advice. Best advice I got for you. If you have any more questions, please let me know. Please check the show notes and also if you're on Spotify, don't forget we have questions and polls all the time on these shows and give us some more trips, tricks, hacks, anything you got about this type of living that might help our viewers.